I'm an honor today and minister in the Holy Ghost what God has. Y'all can sit right over here. That way people can see y'all real good in your comfy chairs. And uh, man, we love this couple. Today's a very special day. Very special day. I want to start by saying that I'm going to try to smile a whole lot and, and I'm going to try to have faith for the future. But deep inside as a human, I'm very sad today. Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, my wife's concerned, they could have stayed here and, until they could barely move. And just, uh, that's what, I mean, we could find a way. I don't know. I'd, I'd have done anything. But we want the Lord's will to be done. And I know the Stevens well enough to know they have heard from God. And they know what's best. And we'll have to trust the Lord with that. Even though we don't like it, we'll have to trust the Lord with it. So I want to do a couple things today. I want to honor them, and I want to talk about some of their legacy, and I want to talk about what's next for our church because of what's shifting and happening. And so um, I'm going in a little bit when we're done. I'm going to minister today what the Lord has for us. But at first, I want to give everyone that's new, maybe you don't know the story, a little bit of backstory and, and honor today. Is that all right with y'all? So... This is the previous pastor and wife of this church. If you're new to our church, they were here for around 19, almost 20 years pastoring Austin First Church, and they, their story is pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. And I want to share with you some of the highlights to what happened and where we are today and how much honor they deserve. And I want to show you how God works. Uh, my title today, we can put that up. The ins and outs, the ins and outs of the calling of God. I want to show you how God calls people to the kingdom. I want to show you why it's successful. And I want to show you that this model has not changed. God's still calling just like he's called them. God's still calling the same. And when I get done honoring them, I'm going to show you how Moses and Joshua's relationship was very similar to the transition that took place here at AFC with my arrival and where our church is going to go next. But I want to start with our actual history. And Brother Matthew, if you could do me a favor, the water will distract me. We'll just turn off the pump for the baptistry. It should be nice and warm. If you want to get baptized today, the water's nice and warm. It's a great day for it. Oh, it was around the year 2000 that Bishop Sister Stevens came to Austin. Do you know what they were doing? Oh, surely they were just, uh, surely they were just desperate to pastor. Surely. They were just begging for a place to go. Surely they, they were just itching to go pastor in Austin. Because that's what most ministers want to do. They're looking for a big city. Looking for a big church. No, that's not the story with Bishop and Sister Stevens. That's not their story. You see, they were already pastoring. And they were doing just fine. They were over in Rosevine, Texas. Somebody say, yeehaw. I don't even know where that's at. I have no clue. I refer to it as East Texas because that's about all I know. I, I, I grew up in East Texas. I still don't know where it's at. It's in the middle of nowhere. They say you, you blink, you'll miss it. And, and that's where they were pastoring for many years. And that's where God had them before God had them come here. So imagine this picture. You've got this couple they're 55, he's 55 years old whenever uh, he's there in Rosevine, Texas, East Texas. If you don't know by now, this man's a cowboy. 
He's a cowboy, right? Yep, God called a cowboy to this city. Isn't that strange how God works? He was a cowboy, and God had blessed him. And when you're in East Texas, it's kind of a thing. Everybody has land. Right over here, you are like, you must be rich. Well, over there is kind of normal. He had 80 acres over there. 80 acres. Boy, some of y'all are like, I wish I had 80 acres. That's because y'all would sell it. I know what y'all would do. Y'all wouldn't raise no cows. He would raise cows. He'd do it for the cows. Y'all do it for the money. But he had 80 acres. He had a church that had a lot of oil field workers. And they make good money and they give good donations. And there was a good solid church, over 100 people. They loved this pastor so much. And things were going good. So when I tell you they were not looking to come here, they had everything perfect. They had everything great. Why would they want to come here? Well, pastor, this church was probably big and had a lot of money. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, this church had 32 voting members, including the teenagers. They had to scoop them in to add numbers. 32. Yep. They, they were going through a lot at the time, the members that were here at the time. There were some struggles going on here. Um, there was people battling homosexuality, which I know that you're thinking that's normal now. Well, we're, we're, talking, we're talking a while back. We're talking back in 2000. It wasn't near as prevalent. There was adultery, struggles. Did I mention there was 32 members in the church? There was a lot of struggles in that church at the time. Whenever, whenever churches go through pastors and have interim pastors, it, it can be a tough time for a church. When the elder pastor retires and there's an interim pastor and they're looking for who's next, that church can have a, a tough season. And this church was going through a tough time. And God cared about those 32 souls. God cared about the future of Austin, Texas. God saw the hurt. God saw the wickedness in the city. God saw the depression and the darkness. And God said, who can I trust to come here? And reach these people. Who can I depend on to love people who are going through all hell? And one day, I'm just going to make up a few things here to make it fun. Bishop's riding his horse. <laughs> Looking across the beautiful 80 acres that God blessed him with. Thinking about the souls that just got the Holy Ghost in his church because they were having revival. They just had about 30 people get the Holy Ghost. And God began to move some things around in heaven. And the kingdom began to shift. And all of a sudden, Bishop heard about this church in Austin. That there was an opening for pastor. It just happens when preachers get together, they talk about churches that get open. And it just came through his ears. And the first thing that Bishop thinks is, good for them, I'm happy. Don't know why you're telling me. Glad to hear it. Has nothing to do with me. I'm a country boy. God's got me right where he wants me. I'm doing good. Revival's happening. Bills are paid. Everyone in church loves me. Why would I even consider getting out of my comfort zone? 
It'd be easy for us to justify that we are in the will of God because it's easy. That's just not how God works. Easy's not the will of God. Comfortable's not the will of God. Money in the bank's not the will of God. And land is not always the will of God. But hearing the voice of the Lord is the reason why we will be saved. Doing the will of God is equal to salvation. Doing what my flesh wants is equal to hell and death. What God wants, we must do, regardless of the difficulty and challenge. So now you've got Brother Stevens, it's starting to stew in his heart. It turned into... What is this happening in my heart? Why can't I not shake this church? Why am I feeling something stirring to go to Austin and help this, these people? And that thing grew and it grew and it was difficult to shake. He was talking to some mentors at that time and he couldn't shake it. He couldn't shake it. He told me he was driving down the road. He had to go pray. And... Uh, he had to pray, and it took him a while. He was praying, and he's like, God, this is so outrageous that you would even be talking to me about giving up what I have to go to Austin. I need to hear from you specifically. He said, I want to know it's you, or I can't do this. You ever been there before? And so he's topping the hill, making that prayer. He's talking in tongues. He's trying to feel for God. What's the will of God for my life? And he says this, he says, I want a specific answer. I want, I believe you told me it was uh, James Kilgore, a man of God, to call me and confirm you're talking to me. Four minutes later, he's at the house and there's a message for him from James Kilgore. Y'all, it's hard to even say this without crying because of how God works. But James Kilgore is in Hawaii, of all places at the time. He said he was walking down the street in Hawaii, and God spoke to him and said, Call Charles Stevens and tell him it's the will of God for him to give up where he is and to go to that church and take it over. And God told that man of God to call him, and he called him and gave him the most obvious green light you could ever get and so brother stevens began to make appropriate plans and sell all the wonderful things that god had given him he moved into the little church down here which was i found out the original building that uh, sister sharp and that church started back in the and i guess originally like in the 50s 60s it was built in the 70s yeah, started in the 50s and built in the 70s. And that little church there, he moved in and got an RV and lived in the RV beside the church. Brother Stevens told me that it was so wicked when he came. There were so many spirits when he came. He spent six months inside that building just trying to pray against the darkness. Y'all, this is, this is back, in two, back in 2000. Wickedness, darkness, spirits, just trying to fight, just trying to push, just trying to fight for that church, fight for this city, fight for this city in Jesus' name. I feel the Holy Ghost. Fight for this city, fight for these people. He began to fight and war in the Holy Ghost. Uh, Y'all, he's living in an RV. 
He's got 32 voting members, including the teenagers. There's all kinds of drama. There's fighting. He said literally there was fighting. There were two sides to the church, and they were mad. Physically speaking, God called him, and he is giving up everything so that he can answer the call of God. Not comfortable, but it's the will of God. Today we give this man and his wife great honor because we are here right now because he was willing to be uncomfortable for a season. He was willing to give up everything for a season. Of course God has blessed him because God will always bless you later for your sacrifices. God will always find a way to make up for things. Of course God blessed them. If you, know, if you know the house he lived in, now it makes a whole lot more sense why God gave it to him. Because of everything he gave up when he came here, the Lord said, I'm not going to let people that sacrifice all of that not be blessed. So let me give them honor today. Austin, Texas. Very wicked place. Y'all figured that out by now? The capital of Texas. And we believe, as spirit-led people, that this city, Austin, has great wickedness because there are principalities that hang around local governments. And the reason why you feel the wickedness in this capital city is because the enemy works through politics to make people bound and to shift the political spectrum of the entire world. And the reason why you feel darkness in this city is because it's a political city. It's a high place. And high spirits reign in this place. And that's why it's such a battle. With that said, do you know how many churches have been not just grown numerically, but have been literally built in this city over the years? This is a big city, y'all. Technically, besides Sister Sharp, they build that building. So technically, besides Sister Sharp, the first church that came here, two men, two men, in the history, are, have built a church building in this area that's still in truth preaching the gospel today. You want to know who, who they are? Dr. David Bernard, the superintendent of the entire United Pentecostal Church International with multiple degrees, education, and everything he needs to grow a church. And a country boy from East Texas. Y'all see that? Y'all see that? It's not the degree. It's not the history. Brother Bernard was raised on the mission field. He was raised being taught how to have revival and fight spirits. This man learned it through his own personal conversion, being free of drugs, alcohol, and that worldly lifestyle. And God called that country boy and made a preacher out of him. And he said, I'm ready to answer the call. God does not need your education. He needs your heart. Two men in this wicked city. One of them sits right here. How blessed is this church? How blessed is this city? How blessed are we? So I want to give him high honor today. 
Brother Stevens doesn't have all those cool names behind him. But he is on par with the greatest of Pentecost. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. God does not use people from a certain pedigree or people with enough degrees. God does not use people that are favorites in Pentecost. God uses whosoever will be willing to give up things to build the kingdom. That's how it's worked. That's how it will always work. He's looking for someone in this place today to stop making excuses and hear the voice of God and say, I can do it too. He was just a regular guy that God called. A regular guy that God called. He was doing like a lot of y'all are doing and then God called him. What could happen in this church if we caught the spirit of how God grows the kingdom? God grows the kingdom through sacrifice. Willingness to go from comfort into our calling. Willingness to move from what's easy for us and our children and our loved ones and our family to do the will of God. That's what this man did. So you came here with 32 voting members and you grew it and through a lot of struggle and a lot of difficulty... This pastor had to pastor this church renting a Baptist church while trying to build this. They ran out of money multiple times. It was nickel and dime. And what we have here today is probably, but probably cost us $10 million to build it and buy this land. We owe about 800000 because of this man right here and all the great people that he led. Y'all, that's incredible. It's incredible what God has done. It's incredible. So while we give them honor, we've got to be honest today. It was his willingness to let God use him. That's the message today. That's what I want to get across today. Brother Bernard started his church out of his house. Both of these men started with just a few people. Both of these men started from a small place. Both of these men created churches in Austin while others started and they quit the gospel and turned their back on Jesus there are other churches that were built but they totally changed what they said they believe you can go back and watch their YouTube videos they changed absolutely what they said the gospel means not this man this man built the church and did not compromise the word of God this man did not have to do tricks uh, to try to grow the kingdom and build, a, and build a building. This man prayed and he fasted and he loved people. And today we give them special honor because their time has come. Six years ago, I came here with my wife. Four years ago, became the pastor. He felt it was the will of God for us to be here, asked us to come. The church voted. And we are here today. And our church today is in a, a very unique transition. Because I began to pray about Bishop leaving. And some thoughts that I had was, Lord, I, I really prefer to keep the elders close. This is a wicked city. And then God reminded me that Joshua did not have Moses when he had to go into the promised land. So can I highlight a few things today as we go to the Word? And as I'm preaching, I want to mention a few things that 
that this man had and the reason why there's a church today, he had a spirit about him that was perfect for this church. He had a Moses spirit. Because when he came here, there was grumbling, there was complaining, there was arguing, there was all kinds of drama. You know why? Because that's what Egypt will do. I want to go to Exodus. You can stay seated. I want to go to Exodus today. And I've given, I've given y'all some scriptures, and I'm going to start in the beginning of Exodus. And if you'll just bear with me for a few moments, the Lord gave me a few scriptures to highlight today. Let me tie this in to Bishop, Sister Stevens, and then I want to minister today. And I want, of course, I want them to, to pray over us and, and speak in a few moments. But I just want the Lord to, to, to work right now in this place. Can I take you to Exodus 2? And I want to start jumping around with verse 5, Sister Marissa. Let me give you a highlight here of what happened with Moses and then Joshua and, and tell you what I feel God wants to do in this place. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to battle to bathe, sorry, at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened up it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. What's happening right now, church family, is that Egypt is now trying to destroy the boys because the boys are a threat to Egyptians' future. Much like what's happening right now in our world. The whole transgender movement and all the castrating of boys that's happening in our world right now, or really in the West, I should say. Most of the world has, is, sane, is sane, has sanity. It's just the West and, and the devil and all this junk we've got over here that's actually messed up. Did you know the majority of the world does not believe in things like homosexuality and transgenderism? The majority of the world... But yet we got a few people that think they're smarter than everybody in the whole world here in America. Do you realize what was happening right then is happening in this city and it's happening right now is there's a spirit right now trying to destroy our boys and turn them into girls. Trying to turn our girls into men because Egypt hates boys. You know why Egypt hates boys? Because boys grow up to be militant. Why, why is the devil trying to turn our boys into girls? Because boys can fight better than girls. It's a proven fact. If there was a war right now, I promise you, if the women went, we would lose. Y'all know that. Everyone knows that. That's what men do. Women have babies, men die. It's so tough having a baby. Well, if there's a draft, I got to go. You keep having babies. I'm going to get shot at, okay? So Egypt wants to kill the boys. And we're fighting back, right? We're preaching the truth around here. We're not going to let that happen to our men, are we? We're not letting our men become women around this church. We can't let the Egyptian spirit happen to us. We need men to run their homes. We need men to stand up and not be feminine. We need men to be men because we've got to fight back against the evil. We need men that can pray, men that can do the tough things. It might be hard for a woman to leave her house, but a man says, we got to go. We got to go. The man says, we got to do the will of God. It don't matter how tough it is. That's the spirit of a man. Woman's like, take care of the kids. Man says, take care of God. We got to do the will of God. We can't let that happen to our boys. So, so Moses here is a little boy being preserved, thank God, from the Egyptian death. 
by this princess who finds the boy, a really a, a person of God, Israelite, Hebrew, and grabs him up, and the story goes he's raised in the Egyptian palace and royalty. God has a special plan for, for Moses. The Bible says in verse 10, the child grew and brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. Verse 11, now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own brethren. He knew who he was. You know, you're done messed up. When you find out who you really are in this world, you mess up. Devil, you can't get me when I realize I'm not called to be an Egyptian. When you realize I wasn't made for this. When you realize my brothers out there are hurting, I need to step up and do something. Things begin to shift inside your attitude and you no longer want the comforts of Egypt. You want to do something to make a difference in the world. Should have never let that boy know he was a Hebrew. Because when you find out that you don't fit in Egypt, nothing makes you comfortable anymore. The, the Egyptian cotton sheets don't work. The grapes in your mouth don't work. Television, movies, sporting events don't do it anymore. When you realize, I am not an Egyptian, I am a Hebrew boy. You start to shift what you care about, what you love. I want to tell someone right now, you are a Hebrew. You are not meant to live in this world system. You were created by your creator, Jehovah God. His name is Jesus, and he made you for himself. I don't care if you're white, black, young or old, Asian, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. You were created by my God. You are a child of my God all over the world. No matter what your religion is, you were built up by my God. And he wants you back. And he wants to set you free, you hear me? He cares about you. Every race, every religion, everyone came from my God. There's only one God. There's only one creator. And you know what's happening right now in this world is people are having to pick sides. You either live in Egypt and recognize you're really a Hebrew and I got to get out, or you go down with Egypt because Egypt goes down. Egypt went down here in the story and Egypt's going to go down now. This earth will melt with a fervent heat. This world will collapse. The only way for you to be saved is to recognize I am not made to die. I wasn't created to go down with Egypt. There's more for me. There's more than the comforts of this life. There's more than being in power in the earth. Moses looked at his brother and said, that's my brother being hurt by Egypt. And in that moment, he had to choose sides. Just like people right now have to pick sides. I know you don't want to. I know you wish you could be an Egyptian and still act like a Hebrew sometimes deep inside. I know you wish you could be Hebrew inside your heart and Egypt in your body. I know you wish you could call yourself saved and live like the world. But you can't. You got to choose, y'all. You have to pick, church family. You cannot continue to call yourself saved in your mind, but it not manifests in your life. If you act like them and dress like them, if they are giving your cues from them and they run you and manage you and they boss you, then you are Egyptian. And it's a tragedy because God wants to set you free from Egypt. The Bible says that Moses got angry right here. And the Bible says that Moses 
got so mad that he wanted to do something. Have you, has anybody else looked at the world and thought, I want to do something to help? You ever felt that before? Anybody else watch the news and you're like, I wish I could help? Some of y'all are like, I, I know what I can do. I can go be a fireman. And I can rescue people from fires. I can be a policeman. I can rescue people from getting shot. I, I can be a medic. I can be a doctor. I can be a lawyer. People are looking for ways. I can donate food. Everyone today is looking for a way to feel like you're virtuous, to feel like you're helping. But this kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. This kingdom is a spiritual, eternal kingdom. The only way to truly help someone is to help them go to heaven. It does not matter how many people you save from a fire if they go to hell and get fire again. It doesn't matter how many hearts you resuscitate to being an EMS worker if they end up in hell one day. It doesn't matter how many people you feed on the street if those souls don't go to heaven one day. It doesn't matter how many wars you fight to protect our nation if people are not going to go to heaven. Then you're really not making a difference, are you? Do you know what Moses' temptation was? To use his fist to change the world. How's that working for the world? How's it working for Black Lives Matter? How's it working for all these agendas out there who use violence? Oh, you don't believe they do? You need to go, you need to read more news, what you need to do. There's video footage of it. Name anyone you want. Any organization that uses violence is not of God. Any organization. If they use violence and ungodliness, then they are, they are of the devil. They're not right, and they're trying to move in, and we've got to, we've got to preach about it and stand up against it. We cannot let that happen to our minds. I see the videos. I know you might only get one side of it. I see both of them. The spirit of this day is wicked. Absolutely wicked. So Moses said, I want to stand up and make a difference. The problem was, Moses tried to create his own method of change. That's what he did. And the Bible says he killed somebody. Because without God, we will end up killing each other. Can y'all say amen at least that part? If we, if we don't do it God's way, we will all die. Because guess what happened? Moses killed someone and then he was in fear for his life because he knew that if he got caught, they would kill him. When you do it your way, everybody dies. When you try to take matters in your own hands, everyone dies. Everyone loses. Moses had the right intention. He didn't have the right authority. Y'all, if we don't get the authority of God, we will not make a difference in this world. If we do not get out of Egypt long enough for us to go get God's authority and come back, and there we go, the ins and outs of the calling of God. You see, God has to get you out first for a season before he puts you back in. The Bible says, and I'll just paraphrase now, it'll be easier on Marissa too. I'll just paraphrase because i got a ton of these off scriptures off in there, here and there. But the Bible says that Moses ran for his life and he got out and went to the wilderness. Somebody say wilderness. You know what happened to the wilderness? He got the simple life. He found his 80 acres, Bishop. Moses went out there and he got him a good father-in-law, Jethro. And he got him a wife and had some babies. And, and he had his 80 acres. And he's living a good life. And in fact, the Bible literally says he was content to stay there. Literally, the word content is there. Everybody's sick content. First you have chaos, 
And then you have curiosity because the Bible says he was actually uh, curious about trying to help people. He wanted to fix somebody. And then he, then he has contentment. He reached a place where he was like, you know what? It's actually easier for me if I don't mess with anybody. And the spirit right now trying to grip hearts all over this city is let me just get away from all the drama and go be content. Y'all feeling it too? You can be honest with me. You know what? It'd be easier if I just got away from all the drama. Yeah. Oh, it would. I'm with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. If I could just make a lot of money and be around a bunch of cows all day. Cows don't talk back. They do look at you funny. But, but man, if I could just get away from the drama, if I could just go get, me a, go get my wife and get my kids and get me a good family unit and we could go hide somewhere and we could just take it easy. That's, that is the will of God for some folks. We can't, I mean, somebody's going to have to reach the country, folks. My Lord, they deserve to go to heaven. But, but there are broken people that need somebody. Somebody right? And there's a lot of people around the cities, and there's a lot of cities who have a lot of problems, and the reason why us Christians don't really like the cities is because that is where the enemy is working most of his damage. And the Bible says that Moses is content, but God had plans for Moses. The Bible says God heard the cries of the people. God does not call us because we're crying to be used. God calls us because people are crying to get help. Pastor, I ain't crying to be used by God. I'm, I'm fine. I like my life. In fact, everything's great. I'm not asking God for anything. Just leave me alone, God. But God had plans for Moses, and God had plans for Bishop and Sister Stevens. Because while Moses was on that ranch having a good time, all of a sudden, a bush caught on fire. Kind of like a phone call from James Kilgore. It'll rattle you. It's clear, isn't it? And that bush was not being consumed. And, the, and, and Moses messed up. You know why he messed up? The Bible says he turned aside from whatever he was doing and went and checked it out. You know God's trying to call you when your attention's always a little bit on the things of God. And you're like, what's over there? And you're trying to focus on this, but there's something inside your heart nagging you all the time. You know there's more than just being a shepherd. You see, you wouldn't look aside if you were content, truly, would you? If your job was enough, if your business was enough, Brother Matthew, if whatever you do right now was enough, then how come you're not satisfied? How come deep down you still want to see the miracle? How come deep down the things of God still mesmerize you and draw you in? How come you're so curious if you're so content? There's something in you that you can't let go of. There's something happening in the souls of people in this church right now. It's the reason why you're still here. It's the reason why God's kept you in this city. There's a reason why you still feel a pull to do something from God. And it doesn't make sense logically. And it doesn't look like it'd be easy or comfortable. But you feel the call of God. You feel something happening. You don't know what it is, but there's a, a bush on fire. And you feel like you need to go talk to that thing. So Moses walks over to that bush God says, take off your shoes, and God begins to talk to him. And here's what the Lord says. The Lord says, I have heard the cry of people back where you left. Bishop, I know your testimony. You got out of that world. 
And then God pulled you back into it. You got out of 6th Street already, figuratively speaking. You got out of the wickedness of the city. It would have just been real convenient if God could have just left you alone over there. But you know the reason why God called this man to come back? Because God always calls the people who got out to eventually go back. It is never the will of God for people to be set free and go find themselves somewhere away from all the action. And say, good thing I'm free, I ain't ever going back. If we never go back, who will show people how to get out? Here's my, here's my belief. The more God has done for you, the deeper you ought to go back into Egypt. The more God has set you free from, the more you ought to open up your heart and say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. There are people all across this church you've been set free. God has called you. God has called you out. But he did not call you out so you could go back to your ranch. God called you out so you could lead others. And the devil will do everything to tell you you deserve some peace after everything you've been through. Did this man deserve peace? He deserved it too, didn't he? But he had a heart for God. And he listened to the Lord tell him, leave your comfort zone. Leave everything behind. And go back into East Austin. Let's look up East Austin. Oh, everyone's Christian there. Great. It'll be fun. Hey, Google, who's in East Austin? Oh, just a bunch of believers, Christians, uh, people just giving away food every day, loving each other. East Austin is notoriously known for being an easy area. I don't even know. Did you even look up where you were going before you went? Did you even know? Did you even know what was happening outside the streets every day of your church? It doesn't matter. Because when God gets you out, it's not so you can stay out and do your own thing. God does not set you free, and that's it. God's plan is always to get you out to take you in. Listen to me. The, the, the call of God is never just out. It's out to get in. It's out to get in. I can prove it to you. Whenever God got Moses out, he sent him back in. And then what was the message of Moses? Hey, God sent me to come back because I know what it's like to already leave in a wilderness place. I know what it's like to get out. I can lead you out because I've done it. And now God wants to take all of y'all and get you out. But what did God do with them when he got them out? He got them out and he said, I want to take you back in. But where did God want to take him in? He wanted to take him to the promised land. It is not the will of God for you to get out of Egypt and not go into the promised land. And there are too many Christians that they have a testimony of what they got out of. But they have no testimony of where they've gone into. Let's lift our hands right now in the name of Jesus. God does not want to just get you out of your drugs. 
God does not want to just set you free from your lifestyles. God's calling people right now to go back in. God's desire is not to make you someone that's selfish because of your deliverance. God is speaking to us saying, who will go back in and share what he has done for you? Who will go back in and lead people? I don't just want a testimony of getting out. I want a testimony of getting back in. God does not just call the church out. He calls us back in. Who's the Lord talking to right now? That your walk with God is not even satisfying because all you have is a testimony of getting out. Y'all, I'm starting to actually get a little excited because I began to pray for God's help. I said, Lord, we're going to be losing one of our strong elders. And the Lord said, hey, it's going to be fun, Joshua. The Lord said, don't you worry. You're about to kill some giants, Joshua. Don't you worry. You're about to have the most interesting life of anybody else. We're about to go into territory and see miracles and signs and wonders. And here's the cool thing, y'all. We don't have to have Moses to do it. That is no disrespect to Moses. He's done his job. Now, Bishop, I don't think I could have done what you did. I'm a Joshua. I like to kill stuff. The reason why I am here right now, let me give you a heads up, is because I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. I'm a military guy. Moses is special and different than Joshua because Moses can put up with a bunch of Egyptians who don't have their act together. Moses is good for a season when everybody's broken, everybody's fighting, nobody's getting along. Let me tell you one of the greatest things about this couple right here that God used them to do at this church was heal this church. Moses went in there and he said, I'm going to be faithful to you even though you might not deserve it because God sent me. And when you're complaining about things, I'm going to be faithful to you. And when it looks like you aren't happy because you don't get your water and you don't get the things you want, I'm going to be faithful to you. And for 19 years, this man sat here and he was consistent and rock solid and he loved people and he stayed his ground and he loved them every day and every week and he was patient and he, he, he served people. And that had to happen for this church. This church had to have that ministry. This is like a, they, they look at him and maybe think he's like a giant teddy bear. He is. He is a giant teddy bear. He's a, he's a man that just, he's patient and long-suffering. Bishop, can I be honest with you? There's some things you put up with that I, in my heart, when I found out you put up with them, I, in my heart I said, not me. I'd have never done that. Of course, I'm younger than you and we're a little wired up, you know. When you get older, you calm down a lot. This man had a heart that was perfect for the church, that the season it was in. But, but we're in a new place now. We're not hurting anymore. We're not those people anymore. They've done a good job. We've got a new foundation now at AFC. We're not broken people. We're not fighting in Jesus' name. It's not two sides of the church right now. 
because of their ministry and the foundation, God has brought us to a special place at AFC. And now the future is not walking in circles trying to heal. The future is not just going through motions trying to keep things together. The future now is take up your sword because we're going into the promised land. We are not just a called out people. We are a called in people. I am the pastor of the called in people. I am not the pastor of the called out people. I am, the, I am here right now because I want to go in. I am here ready to fight that fight, not this fight. God has done a great work. God has used his man. But things are shifting and God is saying, who wants to go back in? I didn't ask for it just like he didn't ask for it. We did what God said do. I never dreamed I would bring my family to a wicked place where I take my girls to eat on Sunday and men are using the restroom right beside our van. I never dreamed I would see the wickedness that I see raising my family in this city. But I will never look back because you showed us that the way to grow a church is to go because God said go. Endure everything that comes your way and stand firm. Fight whatever comes and don't back off. And we will have victory and we will have authority in this city if we will continue to hear the call like Bishop did. If we'll continue to say whatever it costs me, I will go. It won't be comfortable. It won't be easy. But God will bless. God will grow the church. And we will see a mighty revival in this land. There's a shift happening. To where people that are going to be at ASC are going to be fighting people. Not fighting each other. But the strongest of the strong will end up at this church. The strongest of the strong will be here. That is no diss on anybody that's not in here in the last days. Because we all have a purpose to play. A part to play. Not everybody's going to be able to handle the war that we're about to go into. But listen to me. Those of you who feel what I feel right now. Those of you who feel like you're called to the kingdom for such a time as this, it's going to be a fun ride. We're about to see things that no one's ever seen. We're going to see things you can't see in Midian. We're going to see things you can't see on the 80-acre ranch. We're going to see them. Talk about fun. I can't wait to, to show my kids this revival. I can't wait to expose them to more than the wickedness of this city, but expose them to people coming in getting baptized by the hundreds. Uh, I love the fact we take our kids to Loving Austin. I love the fact that Shan's kids, uh, Saturday, just yesterday, were singing and helping her sing at, at Oasis uh, while people were in wheelchairs. Uh, and I, I heard them across the room. I heard her kids singing out loud to Jesus. Uh, those are going to be strong kids. Uh, those are mighty kids. Uh, those are warrior kids I don't want my kids to be weak in the last days I want them to be strong and mighty listen you can't outrun Egypt come into a city near you come into a country town near you come into a phone wherever you're at this future of this world is all internet digital based no matter where you go your kids will have access to a phone you will not escape the evil of the world and if it's not hitting it now, it will come eventually. But I'm going to tell you, this is what God's been talking about. When you carry no weight, you don't know how weak you are. 
Now, what did Jesus say? I'm almost done. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, you don't even know if you have love unless you have an enemy to love. You know what the most, how do I say it? Lord, help me. There's a lot of churches that have no pressure like we have. And there's a lot of hypocrisy in those churches. Do you know why? They don't even know how evil they really are. Because if nothing pulls the evil out of you, you don't see it. Do you how many, let me just say for, for, I would say a lot of rural churches, people have told me, and I've seen them, that they look good on the surface, but when you get inside of the details of that church, there's deep wickedness hiding inside. Do you know why there's so much hypocrisy in places that have seemingly no battles? Because nothing shows you you're weak. There's no enemies to love. Everybody's best friends. The prices are low. There's no stress. We literally are becoming weaker because we have no problems. We run from problems now. We have everything easier. And we don't know how to pray or fast or dig or hear from God because we run from things. We don't even know how weak we really are. When there are no enemies and there is no wickedness and there is no darkness, let me tell you what about you're, you're lifting no weight. And when you lift no weight, you don't even know how weak you really are. When we have enemies in our lives, you know what we do? We run from them. Because then we don't have to love them. But Jesus said, this is how you show you love people. When you're around people that you don't like. And you're around people that want to kill you and destroy you. And you're around people that aren't right with God. That's how the church shines its light. You know where there should be most churches? In the cities. Around the wickedness. Because where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. We're running from the harvest. We're running from the battle because it's easier for us. I understand it's not for everybody. But for those who have a warrior spirit, for those of you who say, I know God called me out for more than just running to the woods. God called me out to go back in. I am not just saved to go sit down somewhere and have a comfortable life. How do we do it, y'all? How do we drink our coffee and sit there and go, well, the world's ending. Oh, let's go barbecue. <laughs> Not here. We're good. I tell you what, it ain't going to work in the last days. And someone's going to go to the country and preach. I'm not saying that. Somebody's got to go. There's souls out there. I'm saying for us, we've got to see the vision here. Yeah. For some reason, God's got you here now. Bishop, when I said the Lord, I said, Lord, Moses won't get to go with us. The Lord said, but you're going to have millions of warriors beside you. That's the story, y'all. That's the story. The Bible says that Moses led them through the wilderness, and for 40 years the unbelief had to die off, and many of the elders had to die off because they, they were afraid. In fact, I just read this today, that when they were leaving Egypt, they didn't even let them go through the land of the enemy because they were scared they would see the war and they would chicken out and go back to Egypt. God literally had to hide the war until they went through the wilderness because the only thing that makes you ready to fight is a wilderness. You know what happens in the wilderness? God strips away Egypt. God strips away the comforts. 
God strips away all the things you love about the world. And the wilderness, God takes away every reason why you don't want to fight. And God makes his best warriors in the wilderness. But he knew that his people were not ready yet to be exposed to war. Because if you're not ready for war, then the idea of war will make you run for the hills. And some will. And some will die off. And some will not go in. But there will be a mighty army in the last days, a militant spiritual power that will rise up and say, God, I want to be like Bishop. I'm willing to do whatever it takes and give up my comforts. I know you called me and set me free so I could go back into wickedness and preach the gospel at Oasis and Stonebriar and the Georgian and all the apartments and Lakeside. God, I know you didn't just set me free to leave these poor broken people. How can we have a testimony like many of us have and just go sit down somewhere in a rocking chair and watch the world burn? We've got military that are ready to go to the front lines and give their life, but where are the Christians at? If you're a military and you've done that, thank you for your service. It's a really difficult thing to do. There are people in this room right now that they are willing to go lay their life down for our country, but the question is who's willing to lay their life down for souls? Some of y'all, this war is scaring you while I'm preaching. While I'm preaching, some of y'all are like, no, not for me. I know you're not there yet. Stay in the wilderness a little longer. Because the longer in the wilderness, the less you care about this world and the things of it. The easier it is for you to say, God, if you can use anything, use me. Whatever it takes, God. There's a shift happening right now in our church, Brother Smith. Who are the next elders? Brother Smith's going to be you and your contemporaries and your peers. God's going to put a mantle in this place over elders in this place, the future elders. Some of y'all in the Cornerstone group, you don't like it when they lower the age to 50, but it must be the will of God. God's trying to tell you something. You are becoming a cornerstone. I know Austin's the city for young people. I know the meeting age, the meeting age is 30. I get that. But y'all, we need warriors of all ages, all colors. We need every one of you to say, I've been set free for a reason. I've been called out for a reason. And the called out was not to stay out. It was called out to get back in at some point. And if you're not ready right now, then get ready because the last days are here and there is a prophecy that the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain. I want to be on the front lines of the miracles and the signs and the wonders. I want my kids to see the glory of God on the streets of Austin and Del Valley and Bastrop and the surrounding communities. I love what our church is doing. And the Lord blessed me with a spirit of excitement this morning. Because I am no longer going to see this city as darkness. I'm going to see this city as a harvest field that's ready to take. I refuse to let the enemy tell me that this is his territory anymore. This has been promised to us. The promised land had to be promised before it was occupied. The promised land had to be talked about as ours before we ever took it. And we're going to start calling this city the, the people of God's city. We're going to call this area the city of light. We're going to call this area the city of hope. Because God has promised this place to the kingdom. 
So I felt today in the service that God wants to, God wants to give people a calling. And maybe you won't be a pastor because that's his gifting. That's what, he, that's what God called him to do. But God's going to call people on this place right now. And there's several callings that I feel like God's going to do. God's going to call warriors today to join us out, my wife and I, because we can't do it alone. We will if we have to, but we, we can't do it right alone. God wants young people to rise up and be in this fight in the last days. God wants some of the 50 to, to 75-year-olds to say, you know what, I get it, it's going to be tough, but... But God, keep me here so I can support these young people and support these grandbabies. Uh, God, let me find a way to stay here because I want to see revival in the city. I believe God's going to speak to someone today in this place. Uh, and God's going to move on you. And it won't make sense. Uh, and it won't be logical. And it'll seem silly. Bonnie, thank you. One of the original voting members. Alves, Charlie, Debbie, thank you. You're still here. You did it. Brother Hall, Sister Hall, you did it. You stayed with them. You stayed with them. Through all the, all, the, all the problems, through renting a church out, through begging for money just to get by, you did it. Who else? Sister Elsa. There she is, Sister Elsa. Thank you for all the years. Thank you for all the years. Anybody else here? I don't want to miss you. Your original voting. Sister Karen, that's right. Yes. Thank y'all. You did it. Mr. Hughes, you did it. Where would we be? Brother Joe, were you here? In the very beginning? Brother Joe, thank you. Thank you for standing. Who else? Sister who? Wood? Sister Wood? You were one original? So that's good. That counts. Thank you. Tracy. Thank you for staying. Look what has happened. Look at, y'all, we, we, we probably wouldn't have loving oasis. We wouldn't have people getting the Holy Ghost at nursing homes on the east side of town if y'all have folded and quit like others have. But because this church has a warrior spirit on it, this church has a fighting spirit on it, this church has a I'm not giving up, not quitting spirit, look what we've done. And we're just getting started, y'all. Because the next few years, we're about to see more territory taken back for God. The devil has had this far too long and we're going into it uh, and we're going to claim the territory that God has prophesied for multiple years over this couple and God's going to finish his work. Uh, but we're, God's going to reach out right now and start to put callings on young people, callings on families to say, I feel it too, Bishop. I want to finish what you started. I want to finish what you started. I want Bishop Sir Stevens to look at our online and hear the reports as they're gone and know that this thing is going to the next level. The best gift we'll ever give them is to continue what God started with their sacrifice. Let's don't let that ranch he gave up and everything he gave up go to waste. Let's go forward in Jesus' name and let it be our time to step up in Jesus' name. Not only did you sacrifice, but these members who were here with you have sacrificed. They've given financially. They've come to the bake sales and done all the work. And that's what every church needs to make it. But our church is no longer a church where we just talk about keeping the fort held down. This church is going forward in Jesus' name. 
This church is going out to the streets in Jesus' name. This church is going to measure success off of seed, measure success of how many people can we tell about Jesus. And there's going to be miracles. There's going to be people getting the Holy Ghost on the streets, people talking in tongues out on the streets in Austin. People getting baptized. Y'all, this summer is going to be a summer of salvation. We're going to get a pool, and we're going to go fill it up, and we're going to take it out to Austin, and we're going to baptize people in Jesus' name this summer. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. No more begging folks to come to the church. We're going to go to them. For God so loved the world, he came. For God so loved the world, he stepped down from his comfortable throne and he got dirty. That's the will of God for the church to stop being so comfortable and go. Do not regret your decision. I promise you, some of you are going gonna to make the wrong choice. And you're going to have one day a long life and you're going to look back and say, we've done nothing. Well, we, well, we got retirement. Well, we've done nothing. Oh, we've, we've got this nice stuff. Well, we've done nothing. How many souls did we touch? Brother Smith, I don't know if you're going to have anything left when you're done. You, you, you may have to move in an RV back here behind the church before it's all over. And you'd probably do it. But you know what? Your funeral... It's going to be massive. If the Lord don't come back, you're going to have so much that filled your bucket because of everything you've done that money can't buy, that land can't give you, that things can't give you. One of the most content things for the Christian is getting out there in the field and doing the will of God. Bishop, was it worth it all? So Stevens, was it worth it all? It's worth it all. Bishop, Sister Stevens, I want you to, to come for a moment. I want you to greet us, say whatever's in your heart, and then, and then I want you to pray over us because I want God to transition the day. His spirit is calling because I've been feeling a depth today of God pulling at people and God shifting something. I believe that we're about to go into a season like never before, but we want your blessing on us. We want you to bless us. Let's give the Stevens a big hand of love and appreciation. Love you. Thank you. May be seated. There is so much to be said. I remember before I even got to to Rosevine, this lady right here. I married her fifty years ago this month. Wow. Or she married me. Wow. Awesome. And. We had a just. I finally caught him. <laughs> we had just a, a a week together, and then we went on the evangelistic trail. She had never lived in a preacher's house. She knew nothing about it, but she was willing to go. Thank you for that message this morning, brother. She was willing to go. She never one time in fifty years, never did she say we can't do that, babe. Never. She always, if it's the will of God, that's what we're going to do, and that's what we did. And let me, let me say this today. My life would have been a wreck without this lady right here. Don't you ever think that your, your spouse and the closeness of your spouse doesn't make a difference in your life. Amen. I love her very, very much, and I thank her today for allowing me to be a part of her life. 
when, when God got ready to send someone to spare the world, it was down to the wire. And brother, I didn't know what you were going to say today. It was down to the wire, but God sent a Noah. And Noah was able to save a family that eventually replenished, replenished the world. When God got ready to save a people and send them in search of a promised land, God sent them a Moses. And when God got ready and needed someone to weep, you know, it's easy to stand in, in the front and pull a sword and, and, and say, I'm great. But the weepers and the criers, don't you ever doubt that when you give yourself to prayer and dedication to God, it will, songs will move us, but I press, promise you prayers will move heaven. Every time you pray them, they will move heaven. So God sent a Jeremiah, and when God needed someone to save this world, he said, I'm not going to send a preacher. I'm not going to send a prophet. I'm not going to send a priest. I'm going to go myself. And he robed himself in flesh to take on a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous challenge. Four years ago, six years ago now, God knew that this church needed someone to take them to a new level after I retired. And, and I promise you, we didn't just, we didn't just, he, he made mention that we, we didn't, we didn't do this. God, this is a God thing. I promise you this is a God thing. But when God knew that this church was going to need someone to take them to the next level, God sent you, Brother Kirk Green and Sister Lori Green. He sent you them so that you could be taken by the hand and led to the promised land. I may stand on Nebo. I may see it. But I promise you this man... And this lady is going to take you to where you can be in the battle. And there's going to be battles. There's going to be battles. Israel didn't have it all hunky-dory when they crossed it. But I promise you, after the battle, you're going to be the one that wears the crown. You're going to be the one that stands up and say, We made it. We made it. We made it. We made it. And I want to say, we love these folks so much. Love them so much. I knew Sister Brother Brother Gandhi preached for us when Sister Lori was just a little just a little baby. Carla was a little older, and she was just a little baby. And I never dreamed; it never crossed my mind that someday this was going to transpire. But don't you know that God knows before we ever know anything? God knows it from the beginning. He knows everything about it. But we love these folks today, and we're not, we're not leaving this church, and we're not really leaving this church, but my health has got bad, and we are going to my daughter. We, were going, we thought about buying a home here and downsizing, but we lost my other daughter, and we knew then that we were going to have to go and find a place close to my only living daughter. We love you today. You'll always be on our hearts. You'll always be in our prayers. And I want Brother and Sister Green to know, take it as far as God will let you take it. I stand with you. I pray for you every day. I believe in you. I believe in these two people. I believe in them. 
I believe in them. I said, I believe in these people. You hear me, church? I believe in these people. Hallelujah. And when we first saw them, I mean, first saw them. It was at a, actually a Christmas banquet. And almost at the same time when we left, I looked at her and said, that's the couple that God's going to send to Austin. And she said, honey, I felt the same thing. And so today, them being here is not a coincidence. Them being here is because God, for all the things that he worked through with his life, for the many years that they gave to God, God said, I'm going to promote them because i got a church that's been through battles, they've been through the desert, but they need to go to the promised land. Church, I promise you, this couple can lead you to the promised land if you'll follow them. for me what I want to try to get a hold of myself and tell you that I love my cowboy but I am not a cowgirl (laughs) or a country girl so when we moved to Rosevine it was quite hilarious if you've ever seen Green Acres you can understand The truth of the matter is, when we first the first night we tried out for Rosevine, now this is one for the books. We had a wonderful service. We were evangelizing and we got felt like we needed to go and try out for this church. And so, you know, I'm a young, I think I have Alicia was like 18 months old, young mother. I'm very, this is, you know, I'm very emotional, very, you know, I said. Uh, excuse me, can you tell me where the restroom is? And they said, yes, ma'am, if you'll follow that trail right down there, there's a little house out there. That's a true story in 1977. It's a true story. So the first thing we did when we got elected was build bathrooms. (laughs) I'm telling you. So you know it had to be the will of God because this city girl didn't hardly know what an outhouse was. You, are you kidding me? You mean, really? I did not go there. I just have to tell you. I suffered. <laughs> but anyway, life is funny, isn't it? Seasons come and seasons go. And when you're changing into another season, it's usually not very comfortable. It's not one you really want to go into. You want to be in the season that you're in usually Now, sometimes you're ready to get out of that season, but this is not one of those times. I still would like to be in this season, but God says, no, it's time to go to another season. It's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. You see, and see, if you want to honor us and you want to love us, the best thing you can do is honor them and love them. You can't do that, us, without doing that. Because that's our heart. As you know, we, I will, we will leave our heart here. The love will never go away. We'll just be in a different location. And hopefully we'll get to see you. And hopefully I'll get to come and preach. <laughs> Not really him. <laughs> I preach at home, so. 
I have a pretty good sermons too sometimes, I tell you. <laughs> God tell, talks to me sometimes at home. <laughs> oh, y'all will always be in my heart. How can you say thank you for 23 years? I've loved, it hasn't always been the easiest times, but I've loved every minute. And when he told me what we were coming to hear, God had to tell me too and woke up one day and he said, changing of the guards. He asked me, he said, what do you think? Pray about it. I said, this is what I got, changing of the guards. And that, that settled in my mind. This is what we got to do. We got to sell this house. You got to, I had to let it go. It was a beautiful home, beautiful log home. If some of y'all seen it. It was gorgeous. But those things don't really matter if you're not in the will of God. They can be the, uh, such, uh, they can be, you won't enjoy it. Just, just put it that way. You can't enjoy it if you're not in the will of God. But you can enjoy it if you're living in a tent in the will of God. <laughs> I just want to put it to you that way. So there's so many things I can say. There's no way to say it all, but just to tell you how much we love you and how much we love this church. It'll never change. We've seen, we've come, we've seen it. We've come a long way, baby. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> We went through lots of transitions, and God was with us. Every step of the way, He's always been there. He goes before us. He goes behind, He's behind us. He's all around us. How can we lose? God is so good. We love you. Yes, they deserve it. They deserve it. Here's what I want to do to close today before we leave today. Uh, the original members of the church, if you were here in the very beginning, I'd like for you to come up here to the front today. And if you're able to, just come up here. And we appreciate you so much for your faithfulness over the years to make an impact. So thankful for you. It's beautiful to see your commitment. God is so good. Yeah, just come up here to the front if y'all don't mind. And I want, I want, Bishop, I want you to pray in a moment over us, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah, Dante, you were just a little guy back then, huh? Yeah? That's awesome. That's so good. Look at this. Oh, yeah, the, that's, I forget about the boys that are here. Yeah, of course, they're with the family. That's awesome, man. Look at them now, man. It's so cool. Diego's the youth pastor. Man, that's so cool to see how, how God has worked. This is awesome. And then what I want to do is it's going to take a massive army in the last days to do what's next. And here's what I really want. I really want a spirit of, of just stickability and, and faithfulness to hit us. And whether it's here or somewhere else, we've got to work in the kingdom, right? It, it, obviously, you know, you're not all going to stay. Chances are people move, jobs change. But wherever you are, we've got to have a faithfulness to us. We've got to have a willingness to do the will of God and to not seek comfort, to not seek easy, 
but to seek the will of God. And there are so many of you that God is wanting to call you. And so what I want is I want Bishop to pray for us, and I want everyone else in our, in our church today, if you can try, to come join these faithful members who have been here all these years of support. And I want you to come to the front. I believe that, that if you're a guest today, you're feeling what we feel for our city and what we feel for people. We love people. This is all about revival and reaching our world. So I want the rest of our church to come down so Bishop can pray over us so that we can ask God to put his, his will on our lives. If we can bring our families down and gather around, as, as, y'all may have to come closer. We want God to touch. I want my, my family come up here, Odessa, Avalyn, Aspen come up here. And I want Bishop to pray one more time over us before they transition into really a full retirement. Because big things are on the way. Big things are on the way. Thank you, Jesus. I'm excited about it. We hate to lose them, but of course, they're always welcome to come preach here. I'm going to be praying for your healing, Bishop, praying you're going to get over there, rest, and feel better. And uh, God's going to continue to use him, bless him. This is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for coming down. God is, God's going to bless this church. He's going to use us. At the minimum of the day, can we all make our mind up that we are going to ask God to send us back in, whatever that means for you. Say, God, I'm willing to go back in. I want to go back in. I know it may be uncomfortable, but I want your will. There are people in this church right now, you've got things, you've got money, but you're not happy. You've got bills paid, but you're not happy. There's so much more for many of you in this place that God has. And if you ever need encouragement, talk to Brother Smith, Sister Smith, about what they're doing in outreach because literally it's fulfilling, missing things in our lives. I look across this church, and the other day I had a vision. I had you know people like Yoshi, like, man, you guys, God's got such a big plan for you and your wife. And I don't just see you guys as people that come to church, you know, we shake your hand. I literally see the next generation of anointed, powerful people and people like you, Yoshi. I see it. I mean, you, you know, you live around here, you're a local guy. I see that in you and you've got family. I see that when I look across this room. I see people tying into the kingdom. I see Landon and the anointing on him and the future that God's going to use people like this. It's so cool to look across this church and see the people God's going to use and the doors God's opening. And so my prayer is, and this is going to be tough on all of us here, my prayer is that we can have this spirit that says, God, it may be crazy, it may not be comfortable, but I want to do it. I want to do it. Whatever it takes, I want to do it. And I'm telling y'all, it will be better than anything else you've ever tried in this life. God's been moving on Colton. Colton's been feeling the stir in his life. And he's already done military. He's a lineman. But, you know, guys like Colton, they're all over this city. Guys like Colton are, are have a heart for God. And God's calling and reaching out to people. It's amazing who I talk to. God is stirring people. And people everywhere are saying, I want to help. I want to be a part of it. And I can feel it. There's guests here right now that God has something special for you. The, the man behind Danny, right behind you, sir, God's got something special for you. You believe that? You're here for a reason, my friend. And we're here for you. God, God is calling to people. This is not an accident you came today. It's not an accident you came today. God, if you're here and you're a guest, God is reaching right now for you. Your purpose is right before you. The most fulfilled life God has. So, Bishop, we're ready. 
I feel it. I feel a transition into, into conquering. I feel a transition into more territory in Austin. I feel God's going to raise up missionaries to send out from our church. I feel God's going to raise up pastors to send out to start our daughter works. I feel like God is doing all of that. God's growing. And if you'll pray a prayer over us, that you, the, the same spirit you had that helped you come here and stand, would you pray that anointing over us? Because it will not be easy. And you know, you, feel, you felt it. And I believe your prayer, something can shift and break, and God can call us deeper, and we can do more for God and find our peace and our purpose like y'all did when y'all did what y'all did. So, Bishop, come now. Pray. Pray over us, our family, our church. We need it. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord, you know the end from the beginning. You knew before we ever were born we would stand here today. You knew, God, that you were going to be the leading and the guiding spirit that guided us through the wilderness and into the promised land. God, you would never have sent Brother and Sister Green here without already purposing, God, that there's something great for this church. And I'm asking right now, God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, reach down your hand, bless them, bless their family, bless their ministry, God, and God, help him lead this church and lead us, God, to the promise that you've been promising all these years. God, we're asking you today for your divine interjection of your spirit and of your power. I'm asking you today, Lord God, to touch every individual in this church. We've got a place. We've got a part, God. There's something you've got for us to do. All we've got to do is to be able to say, God, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it. And don't you know, after all the battle is over and the war has been won, you're going to stand together before Almighty God and be able to lift your hands and say, God, you call me. I answered and we made it, God. And you're going to hear those beautiful words of Almighty God say, welcome into my presence. You've been faithful over a few things and I'm going to make you ruler over everything. Amen. God put your blessings on this church. Lead them God to revival. Lead them to the top of the mountain God. I pray you put every enemy under their feet. I pray you put every obstacle under their feet. I pray you give them strength vigor today, God, to stand up and say, God, it's for me. I'm going to have it. It's my promise. You gave it to me. And God, I'm not going to stop until I go get what you gave me. In Jesus' name, we pray today, right now, God, that you begin it today. Put that hunger in every heart, every life, and every soul. Amen. Would you join me with prayer for your pastor today? Lift your hands this direction. Father, Thank you for this couple. Thank you, God, for sending them to Austin. Thank you, God, for his ministry. Thank you for the challenge that he puts into our place. And I ask you today, God, bless everything that you have put your hands on, that he's following you to do. God, lead him, and as you lead him, we're going to follow him, God, as he follows you. And we're asking today, God, not only him, God, but bless these children. There's going to be times that they're called on to do things they don't understand. 
There's going to be times they feel different from every other child in this church. But God, I ask you to wrap your arms around them. I ask you to give them strength and help, God. I ask you, Lord God, to watch over them and keep them. I ask you, God, to inspire. I ask you, God, right now, in Jesus' name, let that holy anointing that's on their mother and their dad fall on them, God, and let that mantle fall on them. We believe you, God. Bless this family. Stand with this family, God. Let your glory lead and guide them in Jesus' name. If you're going to put your faith and your trust behind the man that God's leading, I want you to clap your hands to the Lord today. Thank you, thank you, Bishop. Yes, we're going to do it in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Are you all ready to fight? Yeah, see, we, we went from fighting each other to fighting the devil. This is a fighting people right here. This is the east side. Somebody say east side. This is the fighting group right here. I know you're not on the, all on the east side, but that's the spirit we've got. We're fighting people right here. God's called you for the kingdom for such time as this. And there are people right here, you probably haven't even read the Bible all the way through, but God's calling to you right now. He's got a calling on your life. God's reaching down on your life. God is speaking to you right now. I am so thankful for every leader, every one of our ministry assistants and their wives, every worker. We can't do it without you. We love you so much, and I hope you, you can sense in us we've got a passion to go into this city and win. And listen, don't you worry about your money. If you'll give God your heart, he will take care of the money problem. He'll help you pay your house taxes. He'll give you jobs, better jobs. He'll give you everything you need. Don't you fear one bit about what it's going to take for us to do this. God will bless you if you'll give him your heart. He'll make a way. He really will. God will make a way of everything you're saying. We can't do this. God will make a way. Y'all, we're about to have a lot of fun. Conquering the enemy is going to be a blast. Taking over new nations, sending out missionaries is going to be fun. Growing the kingdom is going to be fun. What, growing a Spanish church is going to be fun, George. What we're doing is going to be the most awesome years of our lives together. I don't want boring. I don't want to sit down and quit. I want to fight. And the way this world's going, you're going to be running out of things to watch on TV pretty soon anyway. And the way the prices of food are, you're going to be fasting a lot anyway. Some of y'all better hope you got something to do all day. Because this world's crazy, y'all. But there's going to be fighters rise up. And if it's not you right now, hey, no judgment to you. God, God will use you in a different way. Somewhere else, that's fine. But there are people God's calling to right now in this place. And it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to see what happens next. God is so good. Would you pray with your neighbor before we go today, before we dismiss? Thank you for lingering a little while while we honor bishop and minister. I want God to minister. There's guests today in this place. There's people that may be feeling the Spirit of God move. They don't know what they're feeling. They're feeling the Spirit of God, the love of God. I want God to minister to people around us. Find somebody beside you. If you want to get baptized in Jesus' name, I've got the water ready. I heard somebody may want to get baptized, so I don't remember who it was, but we've got it ready in Jesus' name. Come tell us. God is ministering right now. God, touch our elders right now. Lord, bless those faithful saints who've been here from the, the beginning. I pray your blessings on their faithfulness, God. Thank you for our elders. Thank you for the original voting members who have been faithful. I pray the anointing of the Holy Ghost over the ministries of our church, over every person in our church, God, that you're, you're reaching, you're talking to. 
God, send us out in the harvest. Uh, God, give us authority. Give us power to overcome every enemy, every devil, every spirit that tries to defeat us. We will not be defeated. We're overcoming people. We're a people of spiritual authority. The darkness is going to be pushed back. Uh, We're going to take the territory you've promised to the church. Uh, We thank you, God, for what you're doing. We thank you for the the warriors in the church that are rising up. Uh, Thank you, God, for the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Lord, you're going to move through us. Uh, We're going to see miracles and wonders and signs. You're going to go before us, God. You're going to protect us, Jesus, and our children and our families will be safe and we will see victory in the name of Jesus. I declare it, Lord, there's spiritual power and authority in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, God. Let's lift our hands together in this place. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. Send us out, God. Don't just call us out to of this world, but send us back into it so that we can see people saved. God, let us use our testimonies like never before. There are drug addicts that have been set free in this place right now, and God wants to send you back in. There are people right now, you've been set free of your abuses. God wants to send you back in. There's abused people all over this city, and the Lord is saying to you right now, I did not just pull you out so that you could leave. I pulled you out to send you back in. Whatever you happen to you, God's going to send you back in to find somebody that has going through it right now, and God's going to use you mightily, and he's going to empower you and give you authority, and you're going to see victory before you die. You're going to see victory before you retire. In the name of Jesus, we're going to see victory. Everybody say seven. The prophet said seven churches because of this church, six more, and one could be equal to or larger than this church. We're going to hold on to that promise. Everybody say Spanish church. We're going to have a Spanish church right here in Del Valley. It's going to be massive. It's going to be massive. They won't be able to stop the border. That's fine. As they come in from Mexico or wherever they come from, we're going to put them right here and preach Jesus to them. We're going to take that that everybody's worried about, and we're going to use it for good. Some of y'all like our jobs and all that, whatever. Hey, we're going to, we're going to win souls when they come across that border. Everybody's scared about it? We're going to preach Jesus. George, you're going to preach Jesus to those people. And when they come in, they may have come in for a job, but you're going to show them the glory of the Lord, and they're going to get the Holy Ghost. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. Is anybody scared? I'm not scared. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with our children and our kids. The Lord is with our finances. I'm not afraid. Everybody say, I'm not afraid. Whatever you're afraid of right now, I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. The Lord is our warrior, our fighter, and he goes before us, and we will make it. It won't be easy, but we will see victories. And we'll have authority and power in the spirit. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. I'm ready for a fight. Some of y'all are fighters. Don't act like you're not a fighter. You're fighters. You're fighting your marriage. You're fighters. God's called the fighters here. And we've learned to work it out. We've learned to hang out with each other. God's going to use us. But the earnest, God's going to use you, brother. God's going to use you. Amanda, God's going to use you in Jesus' name. Whatever you've been through, God's going to use you to speak, and you're going to help people. Let's pray for them right now in Jesus' name. Amanda, stretch your hands out to her right now. God's going to use you, Amanda. Come on, what the devil meant for evil, God's going to use for good. In the name of Jesus right now, God, God, use the people of our church that have been through things. God, use the people of our church who have been hurt, people who have gone through horrible things and crises by the authority of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. Raise up ministers right now, missionaries right now to foreign countries. Hope missionaries and pastors and evangelists are going to preach this gospel all over the world. It's happening right here at AFC. God is going to send you forth. God is going to send you to the streets of all 
else. And we're going to have street ministries, homeless ministries. God's going to use our church. I feel the Holy Ghost right now in this place. Let's praise him right now. I feel the glory of the Lord. If you can tell God's hand is on us, let's give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. I feel it right now in the name of Jesus. I feel fear leaving right now in the name of Jesus. I don't care what the news media says. There's going to be victory in our lives. Victory on our street corners. Revival where we live. Your whole street's going to have revival in Jesus' name. Your whole street's going to be in your Bible studies very soon in Jesus' name. Wherever you live, I'm telling you, God's going to use you for the ministry in Jesus' name. You feel it? You feel it in Jesus' name? Backsliders are going to come back in Jesus' name. Lost loved ones are coming back home in Jesus' name. Your sisters and your aunts and your uncles, uh, there's going to be a mighty revival in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's happening in Jesus' name. God is good. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Come on, pray with somebody beside you real quick before we leave. Find somebody beside you.